Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Kevin, as you know, who dares wins. (laughs) And today we have a real winner. We do. We do, we do, we do. Welcome I to the program, I love it when I take way. you by surprise, Absolutely. Kevin. Absolutely. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, blindsided. <laughs> I, blind, not blind, I was earsided. No, it's called gazumped. I was earsided. I gazumped, yeah. In the middle of my both my ears is this pulsating uh, surge of your voice. I think it's nice for me to come on first. It is. Welcome, Sarah Patterson. Welcome, Kevin Philip, Aloysius, Eugene Hillier. Tell us about our guest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's only got two names, Tanya <laughs> Zayetta. That's it. It's just very simple. And uh, what a star, though, she was. Back in the day, mm-hmm. um, and she's still a star. Absolutely. Back in the day, Who Dares Wins? With Mike Whitney. It was a, It was a Sunday evening. Oh, Yeah appointment that you made. Yep. You, d- you didn't miss it. And uh, then Baywatch. Yes, the Australian version. Yes, uh, with David Hasselhoff and a whole lot of people. Bollywood. Yes, Bollywood. Uh, she's done. Uh, she's done an awful lot. Many these days. and varied, and and many and varied roles. And these days, she's uh, she's hosting radio shows up on the Gold Coast. Plus, you know, running her own business as well. And she's going to talk to us about all that and her kids, her beautiful twins. Who this is such an amusing part of this uh, particular chat that Kevin and I both managed to identify the inspiration between or behind the names of her two children. I'll just say you have no idea <laughs> the twirling of the moustaches yeah. that went on after we got off the, uh, the line from Tanya about what we achieved during this interview. We thought we were very clever, didn't and we? And you'll hear about it in, uh, in just a yep. tick. Uh, and our food poll this week. Well, because we, we spoke to Tanya about pasta yeah. and her Italian heritage and gnocchi. Well, we thought we'd put gnocchi up against uh, spaghetti Is this that week. you have to say gnocchi? Well, how do you say it? Gnocchi. How do you say it? Gnocchi. No. The G's silent. That's so bogan, Kevin. <laughs> the G's silent in bogan too. It's Bowen. <laughs> I'm a Bowen no. from way back. No, boga. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Western suburbs Bowen. Um, let's get to uh, Tanya Zayeta. The, the G's silent in gnocchi. <laughs> It is. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Tanya, it is so lovely to have you on our show. Firstly, just to set the scene for us, where uh, in the world do we find you these days? Uh, right now I'm sitting in the beautiful Gold Coast and, uh, well, in, as to be expected, blue sky, blue water surrounding everywhere and just heaven. <laughs> Been lovely talking to you, Tanya. Thanks for being on the program. <laughs> See you later, Katie. <laughs> That's all right. Usually, I'm sitting in Melbourne, oh, and I'm like, yeah. "Well, in Melbourne, it's grey and it's gloomy, and you know, not not." So I'm like, "Well, it's fabulous. I'm in the Gold Coast, and the sun shines every day." <laughs> well, half your luck, Tanya. You are um, obviously a great uh, choice for a, a program such as ours, being as you describe a lifelong advocate of health and fitness. It, it, what part does uh, does diet play in that, Tanya? Huge, you know, Sarah, absolutely huge. And I am a big advocate um, in it. I'm very lucky that my mum is a doctor of alternate medicines and natural health. So I grew up in a great environment of um, growing your own food in the, in you know, getting food from the veggie patch because we grew up in the country in the outback near Mildura. So a lot of the times you didn't go to your nearest store to get all your packaged food because it was too far away. You just grew everything in the garden and picked it. So that's kind of paved the way then um, for me probably well before it was the cool thing to do, you know, like now on social media, of just being an advocate for natural health, 
um, eating well, needing the energy. You know, even through my Who Dares Wednesdays, when everyone else was living off Coca-Cola, I, w- I had a coconut, <laughs> a real coconut that I used to be able to buy to drink coconut water. And this is going back 15 years, you know, longer, 18 years maybe. So, yeah, energy-wise, skin-wise, I believe that everything that you do in your 20s and 30s reflects then in your 40s and 50s and beyond, whether it's health, what you eat, a bit of exercise and skincare. You really were ahead of your time when it came to, you know, <laughs> celebrating our whole foods and natural foods, whereas, I mean, we can really get ourselves into into strife with the, uh, the processed variety, can't we, our reliance on those? Yeah, absolutely. And I like the shift that's happening now. Um, and I think social media has got um, is playing a positive part, which is nice that it's doing something positive in helping educate a lot of people um, as to how easy it is to whip up natural lunch boxes and not put in packets of chips and processed foods. You know, which most of the time isn't even allowed at schools now. I know with my little preps going to kinder, um, the teachers will walk around and kind of run their eyes over the kids' lunch boxes to make sure they're getting all their vegetables and healthy sandwiches and things like that. Um, so it is nice that that shift is happening and people are turning back to growing their own veggies and um, making their own banana muffins or banana bread rather than buying a packaged one from the supermarket, which is full of preservatives, which now parents are learning the preservatives and the additives are actually altering the children's moods. Yeah. Tanya, you mentioned, uh, you know, growing up and having a lot of fresh uh, fruit and veg around the house and being able to do that. Were you a fussy eater as a kid? Uh, no, I wasn't. I eat and still eat everything and plenty of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I wasn't. Um, I would hate to be a mum and have a really, really, really fussy eater because that just makes life, you know, extra hard. I think with my mum, she just added so much variety and fresh foods and vegetables and made it fun. We'd all go out to the garden and grow things and pick things and then make something out of it. So it helps when it's a fun adventure like that. In fact, going back to how much I eat, a girlfriend just yesterday said, how do you eat what you eat? <laughs> I still stay trim because I eat like a man. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, uh, your heritage is, is uh, partly uh, Italian, uh, Tanya. What, what sort of things did you, do you remember uh, on the table um, eating growing up? I do remember a lot of pasta and I still like pasta now and making it to my children. Um, I think, you know, it's with pasta people in this day and age, um, carbs, 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 but you do need a certain amount of carbs and if it's good, healthy carbs, then that's the way to go. So I grew up with a lot of pasta and we used to make our own salami. I remember big family days, you know, a couple of times a year, all the Italian relatives and neighbours <laughs> and the, the whole damn town would get get together and make these big salami days and be feeding it through the machine and twisting to make the sausages and salami. And then it would be hanging in Dad's kind of smoking shed for, you know, months to get ready. And another thing I remember is gnocchi-making days that we used to have. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a... It's a Gosh, it's almost a lost tradition for me now. I know with some, with other European families, they still do that. But to have all the grandparents make up the big dough or uh, and potato dough, and then all the kids would be rolling little balls and making little gnocchi shapes, it was just a great big tradition that you would do once every now and then. Talk about the delights of uh, pasta, uh, Tanya, and you mentioned just before, you know, carbs. We think about carbs. I guess a lot of us are a little bit scared about carbs, and uh, and there are those of us who are, are very, um, you know, serious advocates about the the keto uh, lifestyle. What are mm. your thoughts on that? 
I actually like the keto as long as it's not done to extremities. Um, and with anything, I think that you need to find that bit of bit of a balance. And if you're going to follow the keto process, do your research on it and do what works to you. Because what I have found with some people that I talk to that have gone very full on in the keto is they're eating too much bacon, for example, oh. and then they and then they have cholesterol problems. You know, they think, oh well, I'm because I'm on keto, I'm allowed to eat all the bacon <laughs> and all the fat. It's like, well, kind. Yeah, you know what I mean? Kind of, but then you're going to have some cholesterol problems and other health problems. So make sure that you're following it properly with the amount of fats and then the amount of, you know, other foods that you need in it. But ketosis does work, doesn't it? You know, it helps burn fat. Yeah. You can never have too much bacon, can you? <laughs> now you sound like my dad. I'm like, Dad, Dad, just because you're doing keto doesn't mean you can have you know, the entire packet and nothing else for breakfast. Or a whole bag, a whole bag of mozzarella cheese. <laughs> That's the Italian in my dad. It's funny. It's funny because while I was pregnant with my twin, I used to eat a lot of um, you know antipasto platters, and I love. I could just live off cheese and crackers and an mm. antipasto platter, salamis and olives. And uh, and my little boy Albie has my taste buds, and I think it's from being pregnant because he loves salami, cheeses, olives, and pickles. <laughs> Whereas wow. my little girl doesn't. So one of the twins got that side of my taste buds. Let's just talk about your your family, your beautiful family, Tanya, because you do say that becoming a mum uh, to twins at the age of 48 has been your, your mm. biggest and your most gratifying achievement in life. It most certainly is. And, you know, I'm sure any mum will tell you it's definitely the biggest job in the mm-hmm. world, but it's the most enjoyable achievement that um you know that I've ever been able to conquer. I say that because I did struggle for a long time to have children and then very openly I went down the path of um, sourcing out um, egg donor clinics in Greece, in Athens. And so I went, it was via a doctor in Melbourne. We went um, to Athens and um, got the donor eggs and I was successful my first time at 48, which is almost unheard of. Mm. Um, and then I have my beautiful miracle twins. So I they are just everything to me. You can even hear the excitement in my voice. I struggle I struggle to put the amount of words together in one sentence of how much it means to me to be a mum, you know, and have them. And every day is an adventure. I don't know if that's the country girl in me or that two days wins kind of go get an attitude, you know, that just every day is fun. Uh, Albie and Kenzie, uh, where, where do the names come from? Um, well, that's interesting. That is a story in itself. And I don't, you know, it's, I don't want to feel like one of those mums that watch TV and pick the names from TV, but no, that's you're not kind telling of me where Ken- the names come is, from. Is Kenzie from uh, NCIS? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, no one knows that. No, because I, I I really like that show. It, 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 it's a bit of a cheesy show, but Trust I actually you, like mm-hmm. it. And when I saw the names of your twins, I thought, mm-hmm. surely Kenzie couldn't be. The only other Kenzie I've ever heard of in my life is the girl in NCIS Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. There you go. And what kind of ca- and, and Kevin? What kind of character is she? Oh, remember? she's she's a she's a tough girl, and she's but she's a feminine girl, but she's a mm-hmm. she's a tough girl who takes no prisoners. I, I really like her. Actually, she's good. 
And would you believe that that's why I loved the name, I loved the character on NCIS, and she's tall and beautiful and kind of kicked ass with a long, dark hair. Yep. Who would ever have thought that my daughter, you know, who you don't have any choice in if you have a boy or a girl or, or, or you know, what colour hair they have, has grown up to be long, dark hair and that exact attitude that you just said. She's oh. strong and confident and powerful. Now, have a guess. So, yes, her name did come from the idea of that show. Have a guess about LB. I'm going to guess. No. I'm going to guess yes. LB Mangles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Albie Mangles. We used to play a game called uh, Let's Watch. We had a backyard swimming pool. We would throw our swatch watches in and we'd play uh, Albie Mangles dives to find the uh, swatch watches at the bottom of the pool. That's great. I cannot believe that you two picked that. No one has ever picked it. And, yes, because, um, you know, my partner and I, we both love Albie Mangles Outdoor Adventure and the name. We were watching some old reruns and the name just – came to us and it kind of suits my little boy Elby because he's got the long blonde shaggy hair uh, and he's just as go get him and outdoors as Elby Mangle. <laughs> they, they live up to their name. There you that go. is so random, Kevin. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, what's uh, what's on the, uh, the work plate for you at the moment? Let's talk about that plate. Well, it's a very exciting time because the kids have just started prep and I've been a very hands-on mum for the last five years and being an older mum, that was what I wanted. I had, you know, kind of uh, enough money in the bank, so to speak, that I could stay home and work from home and change my schedule so I wasn't needing to be on the road all the time to earn a dollar. So I got to stay home with the kids and, and, you know, take them to kinder and pick them up. Now they've started prep. I've suddenly got five days a week now in the last two, three weeks that they've started and I'm going gung-ho. So I have my online health business, which great. That just ticks along with essential oils and natural kind of anti-aging products. And most excitingly, I've started at 94.1 FM on the Gold Coast um, on the radio station with my own segment about health, lifestyle, living, anti-aging, food, etc. So it's perfect. Very good. How are you finding uh, radio as opposed to, uh, to television? Loving radio. I'm loving it. I'm actually writing all my own scripts, doing the research, and then um, going in and recording them to air. So I love the whole process of from from doing it beginning all the way to end. Um, I would once upon a time say that you don't need to look great when you go into the radio station. You could just like go in with a ponytail and no makeup. But now with social media, you <laughs> there's a camera everywhere. <laughs> there's a camera. There's a camera everywhere. What I am loving is working at a community radio station where you've got a lot of freedom to do what you want. Um, you know, as opposed to perhaps being in a big commercial station where there's so many people in the hierarchy above that you kind of lose what you want to do. So I'm really enjoying that element at the moment. Oh, good on you. That's uh, that's terrific. Do you miss you know the Who Dares Wins and the Baywatches and all the all the the sort of heady days of television? How do you look back on yes. on that experience? Look, every single day people walk up to me and talk about Who Dares Wins. It yeah. amazes me. Even now, it's been. 28 years, I think. Oh, you know, wow. uh, 20, yeah, I think it's been 28 years because the reruns the rerun ran for such a long time that people, um, you know, felt the show went for years and years and years and years and years. And then it was on air around the world in 80 countries. And because of that, a whole range of nationalities approach me each day um, talking about what a great show, who dares uh, when, bring it back, or my dad grew up with you, or my mum remembers this. And it was that type of show where everyone could sit around and watch it 
on a Sunday evening um, and there wasn't any horrible backstories and we didn't make anyone look silly if they didn't do the dare. In my eyes, everyone was a hero whether they did it or not. They all got a cuddle from me. <laughs> yes. And there was so no I social feel, media about in those days, as no, you say, too. Yeah. No, no. And there, um, I feel that it's very much still part of my life that now the children watch some reruns and they understand and little Elby was running through Bunnings a few days ago. Yay. My mummy's Tanya Zayetta and she's on Who Did <laughs> And I was like, that's a bit embarrassing. And the manager came, the manager came up and said, I know. <laughs> so they're just grasping it. It's lovely that it's such a big part of my life. And we get asked, you know, Mike, Whitney and I are still the best of friends. We speak once a month. You know, we're still doing some work together. and We go out and do our speaking gigs and talk about who dares wins or what went right, what went wrong that you didn't see go to air. And when we're asked all the time, you know, will we bring it back with the people who created it? We say no. We've talked about it for many, many years because we don't want that amazing concept to kind of get lost in this day and age of the reality in the social media. Mm. You know, we wouldn't want anyone to chop into it and dial a friend and and start to, you know, be narky towards each other because that's not what the show was about. I think that's why it was so successful and people remember it. Do you miss that part of television too, Tanya, that we actually had to, uh, rather than binge on things as we do now, we made an appointment on a Sunday night to see Who Dares Wins. You had to wait and you had to exercise patience and look forward to it. Uh, The simplicity of Mm. it, do do you miss that element? Gosh, you know, that is a great way of putting it, Sarah, that you almost made an appointment with yourself, Mm. with the family, and everyone will be, you know, waiting for 6.30 or 7.30 Sunday night for Who Dares Wins or something else to come on, and the whole family would sit there and watch it together. Yes, I do miss that. And even with my children now, if they're on, someone's on a device watching one thing and someone's watching the TV watching another, I try and make a point of turning all the devices off, putting them in the cupboard and us all sitting together and watch something on the TV as a family. Otherwise, everyone's watching their, you know, husband's watching sport, you're watching cooking on your Instagram. Um, We kind of lose that togetherness. So, yeah, I do miss that type of it. Binging's good. Binging's good because you can watch the entire season in one night. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a spot for binging because uh, once you start to watch a, a, you know, a spy drama or something, you want to find out how it finishes. It's, mm. you know. Oh, you know, I like the Beckham documentary. Who could stop that once you started? Yeah. You know, it yes. was, oh, I'll do one more. I'll do one more episode. What happens next? <laughs> but remember, we had to wait to find out who shot JR in uh, Dallas. That took weeks. <laughs> It did. And wasn't that like the biggest thing ever in the world? I remember that. Made world headlines. (laughs) I do remember that, yes. In fact, I just remember reading something about the Super Bowl now and the guy that owns the Super Bowl, JR, was based on his dad. Did you know that? No, didn't know. Yes. No, didn't know that. So the guy that inherited the team, the one that Travis Kelsey plays for, the family that owned the team, the actual grandfather that started it, he's passed away now. He was the original J.R. Ewing and who the show was made of. Oh, upon. my goodness. <laughs> there you go. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, bit of Tanya trivia. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, a bit of trivia for you. Well, I've got a bit of Tanya trivia that I'd like Ooh. you to uh, Tell us about Baywatch. What was the Baywatch experience like? Wow, that was a hoot. And, you know, and pretty cool to say that you have been on the most watched show of the planet at that time. You know, when I say to people now, they're like, what? It's like some of the, you know, the young ones are like, oh my gosh, am I that old that you don't know what Baywatch is? <laughs> but even the fact that Baywatch have their own TV channel, you know, now to show all the reruns is, is just great. 
it was such a big thrill. And going back to that space, I just finished Who Dares Wins. We were taking a well-deserved break, which shot pretty much every day for three years, four years, I think. Took a bit of a break, and then Baywatch was being filmed in Australia, and um, that all happened for me. And suddenly I've gone on Who Dares Wins, which was aired in 80 countries around the world, to um, Baywatch, which was aired in every single country in the world, working with David Hasselhoff, who was the biggest star of the world. So I loved working with David, and since then I've been fortunate to work with him a few different times throughout my career in different countries, and he is a walking marketing guru machine. He's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just that the slow-mo run, it's real. You do that. Yeah, they do it. There was no slowing down the film footage back then because it was all shot on film. You would run in slow motion. Um, and, it, Kevin, you remember those bathers that we all used to wear, which uh, were yes. on Pamela Anderson, yes. I'm sure you remember. Yes, they go, They pretty much go straight all the way up to your armpit. Yes, From the bottom up to the Well, it was a running joke that once you started that slow-mo run, they ended up up your bum. So you just left them there for the day. Massive wedgie. You just left them there for the day. And there was one man's job, and his job was to spray oil on everybody for every scene. That was his job. Yeah, so you glistened. <laughs> it's about, now, now that you live on the Gold Coast, it was a very famous bloke who looked like he had a leather coat on, but it was actually his skin who used to walk around on the Gold Coast beaches spraying all the girls and yeah. all the all the blokes mm. on the beach. He, I remember him. Yeah. I do remember him from when I was younger up here. Yeah, he looked like he had a dark brown leather jacket, <laughs> like full body jacket on, but that was actually his yeah, skin. <laughs> and isn't it funny, days gone by and now we're covered in SPF yeah. and yeah, rashes yeah. on the kids and you know, wearing our sun hats and, and even at, you know, walking at 7.30 in the morning here, the sun is hot. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's beautiful, but you've kind of got to get out and do everything early um, and keep the hat on and your, yes, your rashes and things like that. But it's a beautiful lifestyle. Life is good, I must say. Now, Tanya, we love to ask our uh, guests on this show that if you were having a, a dinner party and you could invite anybody you liked, dead or alive, who'd be on your guest list? Mm, I think that's that for me is pretty easy, Sarah, because I love a um, biography doco. Mm-hmm. All I do is watch people's lives, success stories, um, how they did it, inspirational stories. So mine would be, pretty left field, you may not even know this one, Elvis Presley. Oh. <laughs> I would have Elvis Presley because they broke the mould when they made him. Yeah. Um, water performer, going back to all of those times, water performer with his moves, breaking records and just being himself, and I really admire that. Um, to the young Elvis, I'd like to sit with the young Elvis, yeah. thanks. That would be nice at dinner. <laughs> another one Another one is someone that I know pretty well over the years and I find him very inspirational, and he tells the best movie set stories ever that just captivate you when you're all sitting together, and that's Russell Crowe. Oh, wow, yes, yep. Mm. Russell Creed recently performed up here on the Gold Coast and a few of us all caught up. We haven't caught up in a long time, years. Um, and we could just, we sat there for hours just listening to his stories about filming Gladiator and other bits and pieces. And he goes in and out of accents as he tells the story. And it's just, yeah, he's captivating. So he'd be on my list. Then I'd have J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, style, eternal youth, energy. Um, she just love her honesty. And I love that she's fallen in love with the same man twice <laughs> in her life <laughs> yep. with Ben Affleck. And another one who is a recent addition to this kind of a list is Taylor Swift oh. because her incredible work ethic 
And I watched a documentary on her recently and she said, I'm not the greatest singer, I'm not the bestest, I'm not the best, you know, best that, but one thing I am is the hardest worker ever. Mm. And I think she's proven that to all of us. Absolutely. That's my list. And you could get nearly every single one of those to sing and, you know, provide the entertainment as well, even Russell. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I think it's a whole lot. We could do a jam session at my dinner party. For sure. It'd be great. It's a wonderful S- list. Superb list. Yeah. Superb yeah. list. Now, Tanya, we'd like to finish off the program by asking uh, our guests if you have a kitchen tip or a cooking tip that you would like to share. I actually do, and I do this one probably once a week with a mango. So this is a great tip. You know how it's always hard to get all of the lovely flesh out of the mango and my kids love to eat them. I'm always putting them in the uh, lunch boxes. So cut off a cheek. You know how you cut off a cheek around that big seed inside and then you get like a glass. So you hold the, the, the half the cheek in your hand, slide the glass just under the skin and the flesh and scoop it up and it makes a perfect shape and it scoops out, Sarah, every bit of flesh, doesn't leave one bit in the skin and you just slice it up. That is perfect. So you don't have to do the whole crisscross business. You just no. slide it down the side of the glass. That's brilliant. Yes, exactly. And in fact, it's it's going up on my Instagram. I filmed it a couple of days ago as like a food hack, a lunchbox tip hack to put out. And it's one of my segments on 94.1 this week too is school lunchbox tips. Yeah. And the mango is in there. Yeah. That is fantastic. Very good. Yeah. Very clever. Well done. Yeah. You didn't see that one coming, did no, you? No, I did not. Did <laughs> not. I tell you, being a mum changes everything. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Tanya, thanks so much for spending some time with us. We've loved catching up with you and uh, and good luck and uh, health and happiness to you and enjoy the sunshine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to you both. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. What a lovely, <laughs> lovely human being and wish her all the best in her radio career. Hope that goes gangbusters She certainly is. She's another one of those guests who uh, she's just so engaging and so easy and relaxed is that you actually feel like you um, you have a long-standing friendship with yeah, someone like that. Now, the food pile is a really interesting one because it, it teams <laughs> Albie up against Kenzie. No, it doesn't. I just wanted to I know, people are... Uh, how impressed we were with each other that we got those two names. <laughs> we did. We, we need. Yes, we need to reiterate <laughs> that, did. don't we? We did. So <laughs> it's Albie versus Kenzie. Uh, no, it's not. It's Wonderful spaghetti names. when the G is not silent versus Noki <laughs> and the G is silent. And what do I get a feeling this is going to come down to the uh, the sources you put with them? But anyway, let's find out. Surprise me. Stuart starts and he says it'll be spaghetti for him. Thanks. Jimmy Wilson says spag in a heartbeat. Patricia spaghetti. Cherie says spaghetti for lunch and Noki. For dinner. Why not have both? Silvana, definitely gnocchi for me, especially homemade. Merv Hughes, spag every day of the week for me, thanks. Thank you, Mervyn. <laughs> Terry says spaghetti, thanks for him. Sue Landry says, look, it all depends on the sauce. Yep. Gnocchi by a whisker. <laughs> I'm going to be laughing at the way you say gnocchi all the way through this. David says gnocchi, when prepared correctly, are little pillows of fluffy loveliness. Sounds a bit like you, Kevin. Best served with a slow-cooked ragu. People are vomiting. Making, (laughs) not least myself, making gnocchi introduce me to the potato ricer. Oh, my goodness, Kevin's favourite kitchen gadget. An essential tool in any kitchen. Absolutely. The two essential tools (laughs) in our kitchen are the potato ricer and And the cook. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca says, look, I've had some amazing gnocchi and some awful gnocchi. Oh, um, it's, it, uh, it's way too hit and miss for me to be allowed in my routine. So uh, Rebecca goes for spaghetti. Yep. Rachel says gnocchi. 
Charlene <laughs> says spaghetti. You're glad you didn't have to say gnocchi. Yeah, absolutely. Deborah says both. Sue says spaghetti, but I do make a mean gnocchi <laughs> pasta bake. <laughs> Glenn says definitely spag for me, Pado. Karen says spaghetti. Davin Nicholas says both for him. Angie fortunately says spag bowl. Helen says spaghetti. And old Crokey, and incidentally, thanks to old Crokey for some lovely, yes. uh, lovely post he put on uh, on uh, social media about uh, this podcast and the guests that we've had recently. Fantastic, thank you. But he says on this topic, wouldn't waste my dough and gnocchi. <laughs> Get it, dough. On the other hand, nothing's more memorable than a canned spaghetti toasted sanger oozing its lava <laughs> hot contents all over your hands and the inside of your mouth. Oh, yes, made in a Breville sandwich maker yes. so you get the nice indentations yes. on the toast. Yes. yes. Now, the voting is pretty clear cut. Oh. Here. Oh, well, not really clear cut. Both gets 15%. Mm. The gnocchi gets 20%, <laughs> and the spaghetti gets 65%. Only 20% for the gnocchi. That surprises me. I thought it would be a lot closer than that. Obviously, because it is a bit hit and miss. Well, and I must admit, I've had I've had it out when we've had it out. I've had it out, and it's tasted <laughs> like little slugs, little like little. Yeah, hard, it depends. But hard. I think I mean it should be showcasing the beautiful uh, potatoiness of it, whereas well, the spaghetti doesn't have any potato in it. I think they they need to be little pillows <laughs> of fluffy love. Have you ever have you ever had naked gnocchi? It's just made out of ricotta. Are we still on? Might be not naked. It might be called nude nude gnocchi. Right. Yeah. Okay. Obviously you haven't. Okay. I'm willing to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Let's wind it up before the, we just we just. Is the <laughs> G silent in nude? <laughs> hey. Uh, anyway, that's it. We better go. Yeah, I think we better. Uh, and the sooner the better we go. Uh, enjoy your spag or your <laughs> See ya. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.